Good to see you all. So I, um, if you don't know me, I'm Warren. I'm um, assistant and youth pastor here. Um, the, to kick things off this morning, I want to share with you just a little bit about youth group the other night. We had uh, 20 rangatahi, 20 of our young people with us, in four cars. Um, and nobody knew where they were going. The drivers didn't know. I didn't know. Um, we were playing a game called Get Lost. So every car, every car had a little suitcase like this with a pack of cards. And so they basically shuffled the cards. Someone would pull out a card and that would tell them where they're going. So, for example, the first one here says, drive in the direction of the closest mountain or hill range. They give them five minutes heading in that direction. Then they pick up the next card. Drive north until everyone in the car has said something kind about someone else in the car. (laughs) Then it says, quick game of paper, scissors, rock. The winner chooses left or right. Stop and give a roadside performance to the cows or the pukekos or whoever comes by. Are you ready to turn? Go left if you see a cow. Go right if you see a sheep. And so it goes. So for about an hour and a half, they were just driving around. Nobody knew where they were going. The goal was just to get lost. The goal was to have an adventure build relationships, have some stories. There was, um, there was a lot of laughter. There was wet feet. There was driving around in circles. There was dirty pants and a smashed can of asparagus, which I'm pretty sure was the only casualty. After the driving, we, we gathered back. At, we were meeting at St. David's for youth. Um, gathered back there for some sausies and bread and chatted through the adventures. It was a good time. Today, we're looking at Romans. We're joining Paul. And what I, th- what I see is like the sausies and bread stage of the book of Romans. In chapter 1, from the beginning through to verse 15, he's, he's driven us through the introductions of the book. From chapter 1, verse 16 to the end of chapter 11, he's taking us up the windy mountain of explaining all the ins and outs of the gospel and how it works, all of theology. From chapter 12 through to 15, 12, he's bounced us around the off-road track where you get your knuckles dirty, working out how to live the gospel. And then with the theology and the how to live, He wraps those two parts up like he's handing over the keys. He he wraps it up with a blessing. 15 verse 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so he wraps up the theology and the practical. And now we're in the epilogue. The more casual and personal stage, the sausage and bread stage.
And it's in this stage that he reveals a secret that he wasn't the one who was driving the book. Let's read the passage together and we'll start to unpack it. So we're looking at Romans chapter 15 from verses 14 to 22. He says, I myself feel confident about you, my brothers and sisters, that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge and able to instruct one another. Nevertheless, on some points I have uh, written to you rather boldly by way of reminder, because of the grace given me by God, to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles in the priestly service of the gospel of God so that the offering of the Gentiles may be acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. In Christ Jesus, then, I have reason to boast of my work, for I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me, to win obedience from the Gentiles by word and deed, by the power of signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and as far around as Illyricum, I have fully proclaimed the good news of Christ. Thus I make it my ambition to proclaim the good news. Not where Christ has already been named so that I do not build on someone else's foundation. But as it is written, those who have never been told of him shall see. And those who have never heard of him shall understand. Let's pray. Lord, um, this morning we just come before you. I thank you for your word. Lord, you teach us so much. And uh, this morning, Lord, this is an interesting little passage which is loaded with messed up sentences. And uh, Father, we pray you would make it clear to us. Make it clear, Father, so that we might know you more, so that we might understand you more and follow you stronger. Bless you, Lord. Guide me and Open our ears, help us to see. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so we're going to look at this a little bit at a time. When I first read through this, um, you kind of, you read through it, and then afterwards you go, what did I just read? Uh, And I, I was comforted by the fact that as I read it and looked at you, there was definitely some confused faces around. So we're going to walk through this a little bit at a time and, and see what's going on. Let's look at verses 14 to 16 first. He says, I, feel, I myself feel confident about you, my brothers and sisters, that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with knowledge, and able to instruct one another. Nevertheless, on some points, I have written to you rather boldly by the way of reminder. Now, what's Paul doing here? Essentially, he is aware that some of the things that he's written in the book of Romans may have offended some of the church in Rome. Um, So what he's doing here is he's showing them respect. He's showing that he respects them for who they are, he respects what they know, and he respects what they can do. 
In verse 15, he acknowledges that he has been bold with his words. And that he's included a number of things that they already know. The reminders. I don't know about you, but if, if sometimes if you're being taught by someone and they're just they're telling you that one plus one is two, and two plus two is four, you're just sitting there going, does that guy, who, does he think we're idiots? But he's included these things not because he doesn't respect them. Not because he thinks they're dumb. Let's keep looking. Verse 15, 16. Nevertheless, on some points I have written to you rather boldly by way of reminder, because of the grace of God, grace given me by God, to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles in the priestly service of the gospel of God so that the offering of the Gentiles may be acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Does that answer it? There is a reason for his boldness and the because is what leads to it. There's a reason for his boldness and for him including basic gospel truths that they already know. What Paul is doing here is he's painting a little word picture around the Old Testament priestly sacrificial system. Let's walk through it a little bit. He says, because of the grace given me by God to be a minister of Christ Jesus. So that's the first part of the because. One of the reasons he's writing boldly is because God, by his grace, has called him to be a minister of Christ Jesus. This is his New Testament theology leading in, his understanding of grace. Because now no one is a minister because they're better than anyone else. We are all only here by the grace of God, by his goodness, by his call on our lives, and a bit of study and learning in the way. Paul says the grace given me by God to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles. Now, I just want to just point out one thing here. In in my Greek New Testament, it translates the Greek word that we see as Gentiles to nations. And I actually find that quite a helpful translation. Uh, It makes sense. For the Jews, there were Jews, and there was everyone else. All the other nations, or they called them the Gentiles. But we're going to work with nations this morning because I think it gives us a picture. It's, it's reaching out around the world. I've heard Gentiles for so many years, but sometimes I still don't get it. So Paul says, it's because of the grace given me by Christ, given me by God, to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the nations. The first reason he's been bold is because of God's calling on him to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the nations. And he goes on. Mouth's getting dry. So it's to be the minister. And he goes on in the priestly service of the gospel of God. So as as a minister to the nations, called by God, He is standing as a priest, serving up the good news, the gospel of God. 
so that the offering of the Gentiles may be acceptable. They, they need to be holy and blameless, like all of the Old Testament sacrifices and all the Old Testament offerings. It was only the best. It was those that were set apart. And he says they are when they are sanctified by the Holy Spirit. So picture the, um, the Old Testament priestly system. The way they used to work, the clothes they had to wear, the formality around it, just how seriously this whole process was taken. They were a, a priest on behalf of the nation before a holy God. And so as Paul is teaching the Romans, teaching the gospel, sorry, in this letter to the Romans, and when he is instructing on how we should live in this letter to the Romans, he is fulfilling his priestly duty, which God has given him. And he is bringing his best for God. Paul is bold with the Romans because God is driving this. This isn't his agendas, this isn't his thinking about what needs to be said, what do these people need to know. God is driving him. As a minister he's called and with a responsibility to be with the priestly offering of the gospel. So that the nations may be an acceptable offering to God. His boldness comes because God is driving him there. Follow that part? Well done. Quicker than I did. Let's look at the next part. Verse 17. In Christ Jesus then, I have a reason to boast of my work for God. For I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me to win obedience from the Gentiles by word and deed by the power of signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and as far around as Illyricum, I have fully proclaimed the good news of Christ. Thus I make it my ambition to proclaim the good news, not where Christ has already been named, so that I do not build on someone else's foundation. But as it is written, those who have never seen Never been told of him shall see. Those who have never heard of him shall understand. So here Paul is getting his boast on. Like he's just, sometimes there's moments in life. And I've found times when, when I've had a real clear sense that God is, is leading me to something. Leading me to share something. Leading me to do something. And you see God move amongst people. And you see God transform lives. And your heart is alive. And Paul is getting his boast on about Jesus because he knows that he is in the driver's seat. Jesus is achieving things through him. And that is what he is talking about in these scriptures. Have you, have you even known someone who has that real passion for something that is for God. Bridget's, um, 
<laughs> um, Bridget's dad, Tony, has, has been like that. Um, whether it was his, he's written a tract for Catholics. He grew up in a Catholic home, and God led him, and he, he wrote, wrote a tract to help explain the Gospels to Catholics, that they weren't reliant upon the priests and, and the systems, they reliant on Jesus. Um, and, and he's been passionate. He's, um, he's bought yachts for disadvantaged teens um, and, and tried to create ministries reaching out to them. Um, he's built resurrection businesses, resurrection packaging, and absolute classic. Sometimes you'll find a pen on me and it's resurrection funerals. That's a bold move. And I've heard this, this joyful boasting when we're so aware of where God is leading us amongst our people. I've heard it in our worship leaders when they're engaging with their songs. I've heard it um, in Rachel Hill. And she shares um, videos to our youth chats of, of things that where God has spoken clearly to her and she's wanting to pass it on and say, look, look, learn, learn. I've seen and heard it with, with Kim and with Wenda and with Sally and with others who are focused on teaching our kids. I've seen it in Jenny and Jenny and Wenda with Tahahi. And I've seen it with Sean and with Luke and with others about reaching out with the gospel. Paul says from verse 20, Thus I make it my ambition to proclaim the good news, not where Christ has already been named, so that I do not build on someone else's foundation. But as it is written, those who have never been told of him shall see, and those who have never heard of him shall understand. This is Paul's ambition. This is Paul's passion. This is his drive of the heart. My question for us all this morning is, have we discovered ours? We're not all called to be the same as Paul. If we all went to the nations, who would, look, who would raise and disciple the kids? But we are all called to be salt and to be light. I want to pause at this second and just say, if you don't know Jesus yet in a personal way, then please, after the service, see myself, see one of the other um, pastors, see a friend who you're with, um, because this is all an adventure with him taking the wheel. And without him at the wheel, none of this makes sense. But see one of us and ask about it, please. But church, we are all called to be salt and light. We're all called to be part of the process of making of disciples. But we're not all called to be replicas of Paul. Look at Tabitha in Acts chapter 9. In Acts chapter 9, her name is mentioned and she is commended for doing good and for helping the poor. 
And I believe that is where God had her heart, passion, driving, that she would be salt and light in doing good and in helping the poor. What is your ambition? Have you been still enough? Have you sought the Lord to see where is God driving you that makes your heart burst? Or are you missing that passion? Are you missing this sense of adventure? Are you missing that purpose? A scripture that I, um, I often use when, when I'm talking through the gospel with our young people is when Jesus is talking about um, the, the shepherd and the, and the sheep. And he says, The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. This morning, this is what I see in this passage. I see that this is about Paul being bold because God is driving him, and then Paul just joyfully boasting because God is driving him. In this sausies and bread, casual chat, catch-up with the Romans after the meat has been prepared and the solid bits have been worked through. This is his heart. This morning, I, I just want to give us the space to pray around those things. If you, I, I see two things, and it's around the, the boldness and it's around the boasting. If you don't really know what passion the Lord wants in your heart, where he wants you to focus, where he wants you to look at an opportunity and just be in tears sometimes because you long for it to happen. You long for those people to know him. If you don't have any sense of that, then I encourage you to come and to be prayed for. Because I believe God has something like that for every one of us as his salt and as his lights. And for some of us, it changes in different stages. Sometimes we're surrounded with little people and discipling and raising them to know God is our 100% call. And sometimes there's other things. Sometimes it's our neighbors, it's our community, it might be overseas. But if you don't know what passion the Lord wants to put on your heart, then I encourage you to come up today and to pray. And the second thing, um, that I encourage you to come up for prayer particularly, is if you do know, but you know you've been missing that boldness. Maybe you've got stuck a little bit in feeling like it's down to you. You're doing it in your own strength. But like Paul, he was bold, and he said what needed to be said because he knew God was driving him. And if, if you want to be prayed for for that boldness, along with wisdom and the leading of the Spirit, then I encourage you this morning to come and be prayed for. Um, this passage, Paul isn't giving us instructions, but we see his heart. And I'd love for us to continue to grow in the things that God is clearly doing in Paul, that God would be doing those things in us. Good I'll just pray. Lord, um, just thank you for this morning. 
Thank you for your word. I thank you for our brother, Paul. And as we see what he writes in these passages and as we unpack it, Lord, I just thank you that you do things in us, Lord. You transform our hearts and you give us a passion. You give us purpose to live for. And we just thank you, Father. Show us these things and help us to understand them, we pray. Amen. Yeah, let's let's pray. We want to have, I'm not going to say too much to that because it's complete. So we want to have prayer happening over this side and some over this side and some up here. Um, please don't leave without responding. Uh, just wanted to, two quick things to add to it that fit in it and don't detract from it at all. But the gospel, you know, sharing this good news that you have, so important. It is, these the times are getting shorter, right? It's the time of his return is nearer than it was yesterday. It's just a fact. <laughs> Whether you're thinking it's, you know, we can never put a time on it because then it won't be that time, right? But he is going to return. And it is our joy, it needs to be our joy and our passion to share what we know and what we have. Uh, so be be bold, come forward, that was a great word, come and be prayed for. Uh, yeah, this, I was thinking about the newcomers tonight and thinking, wow, what is it, what's the thing, Lord, what's our thing this year? You know, what is it, because it's been a, it's been a real big year last year, we were just all pretty stuffed after that, <laughs> um, really tired, but this, this year, Keep hearing it through this series on Romans. It's got to be the gospel. So come, receive prayer, and be built up in him. Find your passion, find your thing. Let him reveal it to you. Might have been one thing last year, might be a new thing this year. If you know it a little bit and you want the, the, a prayer of a, the roar of God and the fire of God to breathe into your thing, so that it produces fruit. Come and be prayed. So I'm just going to leave it a little little group down there by you, Don, in that sort of corner over there, a group up here by you, Warren, a group up here by us, and a group over there by you, Natalie. Okay? Just might, is it okay, please, if we have a little bit of music going on in the background? Bay and team, if it, what God gives you, and we'll just, it'll naturally move in time into something else. Awesome. <laughs>